from Public Radio International, this is The World. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's Tuesday, January 10th. I'm Marco Werman. President Assad vows to continue using an iron fist against protesters in Syria, raising fears of more violence there. There is high concern here in Syria that the situation is going to get worse. And later, political humor thrives online in China, despite government efforts to put a lid on it. When the situation getting tougher, uh, the humor getting stronger, that has been always the case. Plus, an Egyptian businessman in big trouble over a tweet. That's all ahead on The World. BBC News with Neil Nunes. President Bashar al-Assad of Syria has accused anti-government forces of wanting to erase Syria's identity. In a rare speech, he vowed to restore security, as he put it, by hitting terrorists with an iron fist. Mr. Assad said regional and international groups are trying, but failing, to destabilize his country. Mr. Assad also criticized Arab countries standing against Syria. The chairman of the main opposition group, the Syrian National Council, denounced Mr. Assad's comments. Burhan Galyun said Mr. Assad's speech showed he was dismissive of a current diplomatic initiative by the Arab League to end the crisis. Now it has become very clear that the Syrian regime has refused this initiative. And the only solution is in the direction of the Arab Ministers' Committee and the National Committee to request we work with the United Nations Security Council to get international protection. Meanwhile, the Arab League has condemned an incident in which two members of its observer mission in Syria were injured in an attack by demonstrators. The Kuwaiti monitors were set upon as they drove to the port city of Latakia, known as a stronghold of President Assad. The head of the Arab League, Nabil Ararabi, said the Syrian government was responsible for protecting members of its mission. At least five people died in Nigeria when a mosque and Islamic school were set alight. The attacks took place in Benin City in the mainly Christian south of the country. Muslims are leaving the city for northern Nigeria. The Red Cross is registering people who have fled from their homes for the safety of police stations and army barracks. The country's Nobel Prize winner, Wadi Shoyenka, told the BBC that Nigeria is heading towards civil war. The Rwandan government has welcomed a French report which concludes that the shooting down of a plane sparking off the 1994 genocide was carried out by Hutu extremists. Five years ago, a French judge blamed Tutsi rebels led by Mr. Kagame for downing the plane that killed President Habyarimama. This caused a deep rift between Rwanda and France. But a new judge took over the inquiry and sent experts to Rwanda. From Paris, Hugh Schofield. This is an important twist in the judicial battle over juvenile Habyarimana's assassination because it may put to rest the theory, controversial but believed by some, that it was Paul Kagame's then rebels in Rwanda who fired the fatal missile. The experts, who include missile specialists, a pilot and air accident investigators, have now concluded that the missile that downed the jet must have been fired not by Paul Kagame's rebels, but by elements within President Habyarimana's own forces. In other words, Hutu extremists who believe that the president was too moderate. BBC News. 
The Republican candidates hoping to challenge Barack Obama in November's U.S. presidential election are fighting it out in New Hampshire, the second stage of the race for the Republican nomination. Candidates and their supporters have turned out in large numbers at polling stations. The former Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney is widely expected to win the state. An American naval vessel has rescued a group of six Iranian sailors in the Gulf, the second incident of its kind in less than a week. Last week, Iran told the U.S. Navy to keep its warships out of the Gulf amid heightened tensions over Iran's nuclear activities. From Washington, more details from Kim Gattas. According to the Pentagon, the Iranian fishermen aboard the cargo ship were about 80 kilometers southeast of the Iraqi port of Umm Qasr, with their engine room flooding. They used flares and flashlights to hail the U.S. coast.